Hi, you're listening to Dr. Shamina Johnson, and this is Dark Matters with Dr. Shamina, the podcast that focuses on learning to become conscious and aware so that you can take control of your life in this very challenging world. So what do you say? Let's get into it. Hello, and welcome back for another episode of Dark Matters with Dr. Shamina. I am your host, Dr. Shamina, and thank you for joining. Those of you who are new here, um, I like to talk about relationships and all the psychological components about relationships and life and family. Um, But today, I'm going to talk about imposter syndrome, which is not a new concept, but something I see a lot in my therapy room. Um, So I've decided that this is a good time to talk about it. (laughs) Um, So at the off the top of my head, I'm just going to rattle off, I think, some statements that I've had some thoughts that I've had in the past, even dealing with my own issues surrounding being having imposter syndrome. And I want to see if any of it resonates with you guys. Who do you think you are? You don't belong here. You're not measuring up to your peers. You're a fake. You don't deserve this. Does any of that sound familiar for you guys? Think about it. Like if someone were to talk to you like this, you might consider looking for new friends because it's so harsh. You know, the most frightening aspect of these statements is that anyone who's experienced imposter syndrome, you speak to yourself this way. You engage in this type of denigrating internal dialogue. You know, it's the voice of a harsh inner critic, but also, you know, some of you might be feeling like an imposter. Now, imposter syndrome is this phenomenon where you chronically doubt your abilities in spite of external evidence. I personally don't like the word imposter syndrome. I mean, listen to it, imposter syndrome. I don't care for it because it sounds so dire. (laughs) Like, hey, you guys, I have this syndrome. It's called imposter syndrome. It's, it's so it makes you feel like there's something dire, like very chronically wrong with you, as opposed to, I think, a normal process in human development and understanding your own psychology. But for the purposes of this episode, I will use the word, the term imposter syndrome. But, you know, if you look at it from a different perspective, it's a lot of anxiety. It's a lot of anxiety. And a lot of the anxiety is a fallout of really trying very hard to be perfect. Not really feeling like you can give yourself that kind of compassion and understanding. Everything has to be perfect or things fall apart. Like everything hinges on your ability to be, you know, handle things in a perfect way. But Also, I think for those individuals who may have grown up way too quickly 
in their households, maybe even having to be the parent to their parents or parents to other caregivers, like in order to not have to deal with, I think, deeper underlying feelings of being inadequate and being small. And so there's this intense pressure on having to be perfect and navigate different situations, relationships, work, career from this vantage point of like, I can't make mistakes. I have to do, I have to have to, you know, because you really don't, you don't really know how to do these things. You don't have a model, a working internal or external model to how to navigate these situations. So you put all this pressure on yourself. You know, what I've come to learn is that when you're young and you live with a sense of security in your life, um, you start to learn to have faith in yourself. And a lot of times when you're young and you are approved of and you get enough validation by your caregivers and family, then I think you learn to like yourself and you learn to kind of feel that things don't have to be so dire. But at the root, you know, imposter syndrome is the inability to internalize one's own success. You know, instead of feeling like your success is directly related to the work that you put in to earn it, you see your success as like dumb luck that you may or may not strike again. You know, when you're saddled with a lot of doubt, it becomes a barrier between you and your ability to see your own accomplishments because you see it through the same lens. You might believe that your accomplishments are a sham because it doesn't match the true state of affairs of how you feel inside. It's like being exposed as a fraud of being like a baby underneath all the sense of competence that you exude on the outside. Like, I'll tell you a personal experience um, that I'm thinking of um, that I think rings true. You know, some time ago, um, a producer reached out to me to be featured on a crime show drama. Um, now, I don't consider myself an expert on psychopathy by any means, but I am a skilled professional. You know, I've have my degrees and I have my doctorate. Um, you know, I'm an interested observer of human nature. Um, so the recording of these several episodes inspired, like, engendered a lot of anxiety in me. Some old, some new, about being exposed as a fraud. Making mistake or humiliating myself in front of the crew, the producer, and the audience at large. So prior to shooting... I spoke briefly with the producer and it was clear that the subject matter of what I was going to talk about on the show uh, was just about me and my own ideas. <laughs> it wasn't that big of a deal. I felt a little relieved once I heard that all I had to do was just talk about my own ideas. But deep down, I knew my thoughts on each topic and I only had to all I had to do was articulate my own ideas. But of course, there was pr plenty of room left in my mind for falseness. I had never shot a nationwide show. And I was worried that I may come across as being all self-actualized, like I had all the answers. But really, I only had to relax 
and focus on just sharing my thoughts and ideas. Overall, I think it went pretty well. People tuned in and people enjoyed it. Um, I got a lot of feedback that was great. But why am I mentioning this example? It's because one, I like, I'm not immune to these feelings of doubt, not being good enough, even though I have a doctorate, I'm highly regarded in my profession, and I've been practicing for several, I've been practicing for many years. But also, the second thing is that self-doubt, I realize, robs you of the celebrations you deserve in your life after working so hard for it. I was so fixated in those moments on not being good enough that I didn't think about the other part, that I was actually shooting several episodes of a nationwide show that will be viewed, which was so amazing. (laughs) So these feelings can also bleed the self-doubt into your own personal life. You can find yourself never feeling good enough for your life that you have And this can lead to a lasting sense of inadequacy and a lack of confidence. You know, from my personal experience in that working with black women, you know, the issue, I think, also of imposter syndrome can be much more complex because it fails to account for the experience of being black and being a woman. I think a traditional view of imposter syndrome accounts for an either or framework about of thinking about gender and race, but for, I think, For black women, racism and sexism intersect to form exacerbated feelings of intellectual inferiority or the need to combat negative racial stereotypes. You know, this phenomenon is not just the embodiment of imposter syndrome when black women are involved. Instead, it's the byproduct of a, of a lot of internalized racism where it is consistently communicated to you that you are not worthy of professional success. Therefore, the way we think of imposter syndrome has to account for all of these realities. I mean, herein lies the paradox of the imposter syndrome phenomenon. Those who suffer from it are typically quite high achieving individuals by all objective means. Like, I'll give you some examples. There's Sheryl Sandberg, there's Serena Williams, there's Michelle Obama, there's Viola Davis, and Sonia Sotomayor, just to name a few. I mean, even Albert Einstein admitted to thinking of himself as an involuntary swindler. (laughs) So no one's really immune from these feelings of feeling like an imposter. But why do we struggle with this inability to internalize the success that we have worked so hard for? I mean, imposter syndrome can come from many sources, but there are a few that I know that stands out. Perfectionism is number one. Perfectionism is the main trigger, I think, for imposter syndrome. You know, when when dealing with perfectionism, it doesn't matter if you achieve most, almost all, or some of your goals. If you don't finish all of them to your high standards, you will still end up feeling like a failure and become hyper-focused on the things you did not achieve. Not the things you've achieved, but what you didn't achieve. There's also the person who has to be the expert at everything. In this instance, like you have to research and research and research and do more research before you even make a single step towards completing a goal. There's this constant need to know every possible thing about the subject in order to feel like you're qualified 
enough to even begin. Soloists feel as though they have to achieve every single goal without any assistance from anyone in order to prove that they can be successful on their own and validated. I think lastly, you know, the superwoman complex, you know, creates this need to work twice as hard as any other person around you in order to prove that you're not an imposter. The cause can be one of these things alone or all of them together, but they all lead down a path of feelings of unworthiness of success. You know, getting over imposter syndrome can seem like an easy mind over matter kind of situation, but it's not. You know, when you're used to believing you aren't worthy of your success, it is a difficult switch to turn off. For starters, when those feelings start to arise, understand that you are not alone in feeling like you are undeserving. It's a normal feeling. Actually, it's just a feeling that can be acknowledged without leaning into it and giving it validation by acting on it. You can challenge the truth of those feelings to expose the irrationality of the thoughts of being an imposter. You know, if you feel like an imposter, guess what? You're in good company. (laughs) Because probably more than half of the people on this earth probably feel a lot of self-doubt too. You know, self-doubt is part of being human. But acting on our feelings, it should be investigated. It is important to note that the feelings associated with imposter syndrome are normal and can be managed with time and practice. Like having allies that understand, that's helpful. It's important to leave room for humility also, like a good investigator, and to leave the room for empathy like a real human being. This is true authenticity. Now, ask yourself, is there anything more contrary to being an imposter than to being your authentic self? Talk to you again soon. Take care. Be well. Thank you for listening to Dark Matters with Dr. Shamina. Please don't forget to share this on social media and I'll catch you next time.